Hey everyone, I'm Veronica Roshek, and I'm your host of the Amplify Iowa podcast. This is a place to hear the stories of our favorite, some of the fastest growing, and some super unique local businesses directly from their leaders. Thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and get started. Today, we are interviewing our very first brewery in the greater Des Moines area. I am very excited to share with all of you, Anne and Zach Dobeck. They are the founding couple uh, members uh, for Kinship Brewing, which is out in Waukee. They're in a really, really great spot right on the bike trail out here by where the new high school is being built and there's just development going all up around here and it's just an incredibly beautiful building and we'll have some really great surrounding area with a dog park and beer garden and if you have not checked it out yet that's okay because really it's only been open since the first of the year although they've had a really really great turnout so far Zach and Ann, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. Yeah, of course, really appreciate this. So if you could just go ahead and take us down the road of how you envisioned kinship and how that all came to be. Sure, Um, to be fairly brief. So I graduated from uh, University of Georgia back in 2008 and my first time going to a brewery was called Terrapin Brewing Company. Um, and it was a, it was my first glance at what a brew can smell like, uh, the atmosphere in there. At the time, you didn't have a tap room that could sell you alcohol. You just did what are called tours. And so that planted the seed, but then cut to when I met uh, Anne, my wife. She actually ventured down south to Georgia for PA school, and she could talk about that. But thankfully she did because uh, my good high school uh, friends of mine uh, introduced us. Of course, introduced us by saying, Hey, Ann likes beer too. You guys should talk. <laughs> and, it's a great intro. And that literally was our first conversation. Yeah, it was yeah. the first conversation. Um, now, at that time, I was running a, a beer blog called I Am Beer Strong. I was trying to find my way to get into the industry. Um, that was about 40 years after I graduated high school or college, excuse me. So that's like 2012 that we met. I was still trying to figure out how do we get involved in the industry, the industry being the craft brewery industry. Um, I've been on the sidelines for 15 years. When I met Anne and, of course, fell in love with a Midwest girl, we, we dated and uh, even got married downtown Des Moines while still living in Atlanta. So it was a great way for us to show my family where I'm going to end up. Um, and it actually was my choice to, to come to Iowa to start the brewery. So that's the quick story to get to the why, um, but a little bit more background to that. Uh, July 27, 2017. I came home finally. I was at a point where I had five years under my belt uh, in a career in software development. Um, I loved the people I worked with. I liked what I did, but I didn't love what I did. Anne was uh, graduated and she was a physician assistant. And I just finally, we, we talked about having kids. And uh, we said, well, before we get to that point, I want to really go for this brewery. And I think it was very simple. I hit a point in my life where I'm like, okay, now's the time to do it. I think I have the confidence. Um, a lot of it is because of the fact that I had someone that would trust me. That's Anne. Um, so, so we dove into it. But one thing I don't think I've ever asked Anne when we talked about beer for the first time. Yes. When I went home and told her that I wanted to start this brewery for real, you had to know I was going to do this one day, right? 
Yeah, I think I had a suspicion. <laughs> Obviously, the scale of kinship is a little bit larger than I ever we'll, could imagine. We'll talk about that, but yeah, <laughs> even for me. Yeah. Yeah, this I mean, is a really big concept. What did you think in that initial conversation, Anne, when uh, you're like, okay. Well, free beer for life, right? Yeah. <laughs> Relatively free, yeah. Uh-huh. Relatively. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's, and, and, and it has everything to do with, again, the fact that I, I married up. Uh, the fact that somebody actually trusted me. You know, I, if I took this leap before I had met Ann, I was a different guy. I mean, I was a young kid. I mean, I was in my 20s, but my dad would say I was a kid for sure. But when I met Ann, I, it, it gave me more confidence. I needed some time to really build confidence in who I was um, as I finally became, I felt, I felt mature, semi-wise person. So I finally trusted myself uh, because of how much trust she puts into me. I finally said, okay, I think I could do this. So talk about scale. When I told her this on July 27, 2017, I pictured something that had to be different, not just from the, the product perspective, because even three and a half years ago when we planned this, the, the, the profile of beers have expanded so much for craft breweries. Absolutely. That it's no longer about your beer being better than the next person's beer. It used to be that way for a little while. I have a better beer than that person. All right, cool. So it's not about that subjective uh, conversation anymore. It's more about the experience. So when I told Ann about this idea, I pictured in my head something that would just be different. It was exciting for us because as much as we love Atlanta and miss Atlanta and are visiting very soon, we have a lot of friends down south, we were ready for a change of pace. And that's what Iowa brought to us. What I love about Iowa too, in addition to that, is the um, sort of that degree of separation is, is literally half, if not more than half, than it is Atlanta. So in other words, uh, building relationships and building credibility was very important for us to be able to realize this scope of a project. Mm-hmm. And also, too, um, before we moved to Atlanta, so I told Ann I want to do this thing for real. Uh, it gave me kind of a, a, a re-energized me a little bit for my career, or my, my sort of swan song. Uh, I sat down with my boss, who's from the Midwest. He's from Ohio. So he's, he's, he's cut from the same fabric. And I said, hey, I want to start a brewery and move to Iowa. And he said, awesome. Obviously, I'm sad, but, and this is Jack Macko, in case he listens to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, somebody that was, I was more nervous to talk to him about it than Anne because I knew Anne obviously would, I, I hoped Anne would give me her blessing, but I didn't want to let him down. So anyway, long story short, I told him I had uh, eight months. I gave him kind of an eight months heads up. And during that time, I started building mentorships down south at different breweries. And But one very important mentor is, is Mike Myers, who's friends of uh, Anne. Um, and worked with Debbie Myers, and uh, she just happened to run into her in a parking lot uh, a couple months before he moved. And then Mike Myers is the one that said, "Hey, why don't you start a property company?" Uh, he's also his background is in financing. Um, he was helping a brewery in Athens, Georgia, get off the ground. And I said, "Hey, when I move to Iowa, Waukee doesn't have a hundred-year-old factory I could take over. What it, what should I do?" And he said, "Just Propco Opco." I was like, uh, "Okay, <laughs> property company, operations company." He gave me the uh, the Walgreens. Example, Walgreens buys their land, they build their building, and Walgreens moves in to pay rent. So our property company, uh, Ann and I started that. Uh, and I'll dig at that a little bit later, but that mm. was very pivotal. That's interesting. Yeah, it was very pivotal for us to go. And all of a sudden, you know, he gave me this nugget of information. That was very important. Mm. That's, that's very interesting, yeah, because not everyone, of course, but a lot of people that have some sort of a vision or dream of something that they want to do long term, it's like they want to do it, but how? Um, and then they just don't ever take that 
how to heart and actually, you know, take that action. And so, again, if you haven't been here, haven't seen it, look it up. This is really uh, big, and I'm sure that wasn't probably the original thought at some point. But uh, it's it's very cool how how big it is and how um, how much potential you have yep. for growth and all of that in both the brewery brewing and the experience of being in this location. Well, and if I have if I had this vision and I drew it out and I showed her not just what it could look like or the size of it or the fact it sat on six acres of land mm-hmm. and would have said, uh, maybe, maybe, buddy. yeah, maybe not. Right. <laughs> um, my background is a project manager in software development. I manage large scale projects, uh, with multiple team members, uh, and large and large budgets as well. So I was, a, I was pretty well primed into what those numbers look like. Um, obviously, it's software versus actual development, land development. But my point, though, is, weirdly enough, it didn't really scare me. So our budget was literally half, probably less than half of what we ended up doing. Less than half. Um, <clears throat> but that was also a, a slow roll to what this became. Sure. Because when we moved here, I had this property company, an operations company, business plan built out. And then the first thing we did after that, even before moving here, we, we built a brand. So another sad story about me is I love brand in general. I love, I think because I love storytelling. I come from a family of storytellers. The Kinship is, is a place that is excited to tell stories. A lot of our beer names are inspired by storytellers. Um, so brand speaks to me. I love a good movie. I love a good romantic comedy, right? I love the, mm-hmm. I love the, I love what it brings to the table. And um, so we built a brand that helped us give a little bit of credibility. Um, so when we did go to different events and introduce ourselves, people would think we hadn't been open for, for, for a couple of years. So we had a business plan, we had a brand, and then I just started building the business plan out into more of a visual business plan. So I was showing you, I, you, you flipped through my business plan, you would get breaks of, of, of imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so when I got here, uh, I was looking for an acre or two. And even downtown Des Moines was an option. But then we talked about, okay, well, if our kids are going to grow up anywhere, why, maybe let's make it Waukee, right? We talked about development, of how much development around here is happening. So I looked at the map, and I found this property we're sitting on right now. And uh, I saw this uh, in light industrial plat with plots that were like one acre, two acre, three acre. So I called up, and I, I was talking without a representation to the, uh, the broker. And I was like, hey, is that two acre lot available? He said, no. I said, okay, how about that one acre lot? No, it's under contract. And then finally, I was like, how about that slice of pizza? Because our property literally looks like a slice of pizza. Yeah. He goes, nope, that's not for sale. And I said, okay, it's six acres? He said, yep. I said, let me call my wife real quick and have a quick conversation. Um, about a couple weeks later, I had a representation. We went on a contract for this property. Again, we had the business plan ready to go. We're like, hey, we put earnest money down. We have a due diligence period. The worst that can happen is the day before due diligence is expired, we'll just take our money and move on. Um, but you're thank- not mentioning the fact that this property did not have a road to it. Yep, there's that detail. So small details. Small uh, details. Yeah. You have to walk we, up the bike trail. We are on the Raccoon River Valley Trail. Um, there is a trailhead in Waukee that's uh, already overgrown. Not overgrown in a bad way, but like people are parking on the street because it's such a popular trailhead, understandably. Um, but yeah, it's it's literally a slice of pizza that attaches to the trail. Um, cut to today, we do have a direct connection. There's a break in the tree line over here. I'm pointing on a podcast. Yes. 
for your for your sake, Veronica. Hey, I'm still yes. <laughs> uh, let me <laughs> try to describe this next. Yep. No, but it's very it. simple. Uh, <laughs> the break in the tree line was because tractors used to go over a railroad track um, and or over a trail. So mm -hmm. thankfully, we didn't have to take any trees down to attach to because we want these trees. The more trees, the better. So anyway, um, went on a contract, and uh, the long story short is we. Uh, what I realized really quickly, by the way, when moving here, I had two contacts to kind of, my basically two rocks I was clicking together, um, is before you go sitting down asking for, for money or raising capital, build relationships, but most importantly, build credibility. Because the more people that see your business Absolutely. plan, that yeah. add scrutiny to your business plan, because I think I've seen I think probably 40 CPAs have seen my business plan, I'm sure 40 attorneys have seen my business plan, and thankfully I felt it was pretty ironclad before, but then I started meeting people that knew other people. So that degree of separation I was talking about. Yes. I started hitting different networks and I'm like, oh, Zach's got a pretty cool plan. If I were you, I'd take a look at it. And that's kind of what helped steamroll. And one person I need to mention too is Mike Kentfield, who's my business partner. Okay. Uh, he's actually uh, the uh, owner of the foundry, the Hall building. Yes. So he's the landlord there amongst many other businesses. But he was, I, I call him the catalyst when it came to raising capital for the property company. Okay. So he brought some very uh, uh, very uh, wise people to the table that were excited about the, the opportunity. That's the, that would be a whole nother piece of the puzzle is how do you find the funding and how do you get all of those pieces up and running and then then you go through the actual building process and building the brand out further and figuring out the direction and how you're going to make money and just, you know, it just keeps compounding all those pieces of becoming a business owner. So, yeah. And, and the how you mentioned earlier, too, yes. I agree. Like the thought of starting a brewery was like, oh, clearly it's just magic. So I took three months. I read a book. It's the Brewers yeah. Association Guide to Starting a Brewery. I was going to say that's literally how it started. I, I bought this book. Like, Okay, you're gonna do it, but how? Yep. How do you do it? Yeah. And this yeah. book well, was written. Here's the book. And, and then you just accost any brewery owner that shows up in their own <laughs> tap room whenever we're there. Oh yeah, so <laughs> just, let's talk about that for a second. Actually, <laughs> I'm not shy. <laughs> but we were in Atlanta. In case you didn't notice. Yeah. And we're at Scofflaw, and I didn't know this happened because I was kind of like in tunnel vision. But I saw the, the brewmaster and Anne recollects seeing me kind of walk toward him, and then all of a sudden he's in the corner, and I'm just like talking to him. <laughs> you cornered him no, literally in a corner. <laughs> That was Travis at Scofflaw. He's a brewmaster for Scofflaw Brewing Company. That's a brewery down south. I have a lot of admiration for what they've done and what they're doing. Uh, I consider him a friend as well. He's been really fun to – he's been one of my mentors. Another one is uh, Monday Night Brewing Company, uh, Joel, uh, Joel Iverson with Monday Night Brewing Company. These guys are like – they, and they may be like, I don't know what I did to inspire, you know, and, and, and I'm just simply telling you, you told me things of what to pay attention to in different parts of the brewery. So I read this book. Of course, I highlighted every freaking letter in there because it's like, this is all important information. But the book was not a how-to guide. I don't, I don't respond well to how-to guides because there's never a checklist to say, do it this way. Right. What more, what it was actually, he took very dry material and thankfully he's a good writer. He's a, a Elysian Brewing Company um, out in Oregon. He's one of the original co-founders and uh, he wrote this book. It was just high level what to pay attention to mm. and then nuggets of information. And I read it probably three times slower than I normally read because I really wanted to grab the information. I remember even taking it to like the Lake of the Ozarks with her, her parents at a lake house and her parents probably looking going, oh, he must be taking this thing pretty serious because he's just over here reading a book the whole weekend. <laughs> um, and that helped inspire the business plan. But then that's where my mentors came in. That's where Mike Myers came in. 
um, this property company, operations company that I look forward to one day to kind of teaching. If you really want to do something unique, patience is everything. I didn't know I had patience. Absolutely. Yeah. Three and a half years of patience is yep. lots of businesses take even much longer than that, really. Yep. But it, it is a grind for to get to the point of being live or whatever you would want to call it. We call it, we have war stories is what it's we call grind. it. Yeah. It's a grind. word to describe. Because my lovely, lovely wife here, Anne, is a gangfully employed physician assistant and has been my sugar mama for the last three and a half years. <laughs> um, I'm going to pay her back tenfold, but she is, again, that's why I, I always try to pull her into these conversations because she is the reason why uh, that we're doing this. So could I have done this by myself before meeting her? I don't know, and I don't care, because doing it five years ago, 10 years ago is irrelevant. This is a long-term play for Absolutely. us. But what's most exciting about it, it's, it's ours. And so what we want to really, what we really want to you know, put out to, to people that come and drink our beers, uh, yeah, sure, we brew beer, and we love brewing beer. Hell, you guys are drinking mimosas. Like, we have you know, different options and things like that. We have a liquor license, so we're going to be kind of mixing things up. But it's really so we can kind of just tell a story and inspire people to, uh, that's where the kinship mentality comes into play. It's just we're all in this together this thing called life right so it's just like kinship's just here to kind of take some things off your mind every now and again absolutely so something that i'm super interested in which may came come off like why are you interested in that because as many people that are listening to this that know me know and as um both of you now know i'm allergic to gluten so i cannot drink beer but i <laughs> i it's like i used to be able to though and so i know what it's like i even um, I recently got a puppy and I named her Ruthie because I just love, used to love uh, Ruthie, the, the Ruthie, yeah, the beer. The, the cool, yeah. uh, yep. And so uh, I have an appreciation for all of that and people that get into craft brewing. I think it's so interesting. And I know um, that you have a brewmaster here. Yes. How do you go through the process of planning out the beers themselves and uh you know do you, do you just i just picture in my head some some people in a garage and just like having parties and being like here try this try yeah. this try <laughs> this and what does that actually look like yep so uh our brewmaster his name's dj norton um and uh to answer your question before you meet dj norton there's another gentleman yeah. named adam bishop who's uh, a brewer. He, he was a head brewer for monday night brewing company i talked about earlier for about six years got them off the ground Decided he wanted to go be con a consultant. I was client number one, and he helped me with the planning process. Uh, I couldn't convince him to move here to Iowa, um, but it's okay because when we did a collaboration with Back Pocket last year, or in 2019 actually, DJ was one of the brewers out there, and uh, he's a listener. He's a thinker. He's so when I was talking his ear off when I first met him, I'm like, uh, either, he must think I'm a just a lunatic, whatever, because I was just. I was nervous talking too, but I come to find out when we posted the position, he, he jumped on it right away. And uh, very, very fortunate that our paths crossed at that collaboration because I had a chance to meet somebody like him. And ever since then, we built a relationship. So to answer your question, it's, uh, it's back to that relationship build. Um, that's, him and I had a, what I call a year-long interview. I, I trust him like with my life. Like That's how much I respect him. And I remember back in my early pitch days, one of my, uh, another mentor I should mention is Chris Spears, who's uh, uh, next to Jack Macko. Chris Spears was the uh, co-founder of Arc, uh, Arc Brewing Company, Arc Systems, which is a uh, software development company. Uh, he's basically the, he, he's the director. So he's the director of sales for the company, but that guy, I mean, that 
sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. That Chris Farley quote from Tommy Boy, like Chris Farley, Chris Farley, Chris Spears is that guy. But he, he ran me through the ringer when I was doing a pitch. And I remember he pointed out, who's your head brewer? At that time, I was like, I don't know. I guess I love brewing, um, but I certainly was not going to gamble on, on me being able to scale from 5, 10 gallons to 900 gallons. So, sure. so that was all a little background, too, when I finally – and I had a good – I mean, I, I was confident we'd find somebody. But I, had a, I, would have, I needed somebody that I could trust that we can collaborate. It's not a you go brew beer and I go do this. It's, it's, a con, it's an everyday conversation. Um, and also, too, it's, it's something that – one thing we noticed about this industry around town here is, like, we have something to stand for, of course, for what we want to do with beer-wise. But we want to brew what we want to brew. Mm. And that's uh, him and I are unapologetically saying we're going down this path with our beer styles, uh, more traditional than anything. And uh, so far, I think people really gravitate towards that and excited about that. So, so shout out to DJ. It, that's that was a, a great addition to the kinship team. Yeah, that's awesome. Such an interesting journey of just going through all of that, and then um, I myself got an opportunity to just see where all the beer is brewed and how much capacity there is here. But then also, even though there is such large capacity, how quickly you can go through that because they're, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, for being people that have come here recently to the Des Moines area, I would say that this is already such a, almost, it's it's a well-known brand and it just opened. And so that's really cool. And I think a huge testament to you guys in that relationship building that you've done because it it certainly got talked about so naturally and organically through the community in addition to whatever additional marketing that you would have been doing yourselves. And I appreciate that because the one thing uh, you just pointed that out is some people were perplexed by a 30 barrel per system. So anybody listening to this that knows it. A 30-barrel system is, is one barrel, 31 gallons, so roughly 900 gallons of, of product you create in one brew day. And um, for me, though, it, was, it wasn't because I was trying to uh, spread our beer across the country because a 30-barrel system is really not that big in comparison to some of the larger brands that brew across the country. No, it was because we're on six acres of land, half acres of dog park, which we're excited about. The outdoor beer garden space can fit about 150 people on a beautiful day. Again, we attach to the bike trail. You mentioned the high yes. school. The high school announced its location after we went under contract. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Houses are being built literally as we speak. Um, and uh, I love events. I love live music. I love hosting people. And I need to make sure I mention this before I end the podcast is that hospitality is an intentional thing in our brewery. Michael Bradley, our GM, is, uh, comes from a fine dining background. He comes from proof. So to bring that layer to a brewery tap room is kind of unique because, but the one thing we really do miss, I feel like as a community of, because 2020 was a wild year, really? that feeling of community. Am I trying to capitalize on that? No, this has always been kinship's way. So the long story short is, yeah, that 30 barrel brew house is actually designed to keep us fed at this brewery. And then as we start to trickle into the market, methodically, I told you this already, we never want to run out of beer here. Mm-hmm. Again, it may sound cool, but it's not cool. Um, so we want to make sure we keep ourselves fed here, fed being that we have the product here. And then also, of course, as we trickle into the market, we're excited about our product, so we want to kind of get it out there so we can have our cake and eat it too. Absolutely. Yeah, and then in addition to being able to drink beer and then there being other liquor license and everything else, 
there's food here too, which is always great. Yep. Uh, so right now uh, there's there's a food truck available, and then there is a kitchen on the way. Correct. Correct. Yep. So um, we're a brewery. I like to say this: we're a brewery with a food concept, mm. and the reason why we, we I like to point that out is because we like to. You know, we're out here in, in Waukee and, you know, we're out here at a place where we don't want to set a, a, an expectation of coming to a restaurant. You really come to a place to experience things, including <laughs> the artwork that's in our, in our brewery. So a couple of guys named Brad Brad, so Brad and Brad, Brad Jones, Brad Borman, um, have a place called Need Pie and Q in Winterset. Um, they have some food trucks called Up and Smoke, uh, 515 Pie. Uh, they came to us and said, hey, we can actually build you a kitchen with these modular pods we have and we can be your food concept. And we said... And this is like toward the tail end of finalizing the project. And we said, absolutely. Because as much as we love our product, it's a family area. We live in Waukee. We, well, we live, well, we live in Waukee, but we also have a business in Waukee. If you come in and there's no food other than little snacks to hold you over, you may stop for a beer or two. But we want to keep you here for a little while. We want you to hang out, stretch your legs out, especially outside. Yeah. I want you to show up on a Saturday and be like, you know what? This is my day today. Come hang out with us. So without that food concept, it would be kind of tough to ask you to do that. Um, so the food truck's going to keep us fed uh, until uh, the kitchen's ready, which is hoping to be done by a uh, March timeline. Once that kitchen's open up, we will use food trucks in the future for larger events and kind of celebrate the food truck. So it's, it's definitely clutch. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So from here, so now you're open. You've, you know, it, you've seen, believe, yeah. it's crazy. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure that's still right. like a really weird feeling to be to this point. Um, what is the vision for the first year, the first five years? What does that look like? Oh, that's a loaded question. How much time do you got here? Um, first year. How about this? Let's say the first year. Let's stay, Let's keep it high and tight here. Um, I hope every member in this brewery remains on the team, which I'm, I'm, you know, we'll make sure we do everything in our power to keep it that way. And I don't mean that like anybody's not happy, but they've already set such high a bar of what to expect at Kinship, and that makes me proud. We're two weeks into this thing. We're actually officially 15 days into this brewery world that we live in. But you were sitting down 30 minutes before we open here and having a conversation like it's we're opening in two weeks. So that says everything about my team behind me. Yeah. Um, so there's that. So after first year, um, we want to – my goal, at least from a – not just from a product perspective. Well, let's talk about product for a second. Uh, we're hoping to be in our tap room here at about 20 beers by end of summer. So 20 different styles. And that's a whole different conversation. But – if you follow us on social media, you'll see kind of how we unroll those, roll those out. Um, but from like a philosophical perspective, uh, we want Kinship to be the place we go, you know what? Like when I want to like go a place that I know I'm going to see people I know, uh, get a good feeling and a good vibe, um, you know, uh, that's where we want to be. Again, it's more, we, we like to say we, we, we transcend the beer itself. The beer is just to get you here, right? The beer mm -hmm. is, we all love beer, or some of us do. But my point though is like, <laughs> that's, that's year one. How about you, Ann? I mean, I just want Kinship to be a place where people come. I love Michael Bradley's comment. He always just wants Kinship to be the cheers <laughs> of the community. But, I mean, that's one reason why we picked Waukee is because we have the ability to kind of cultivate, you know, community here. Whereas, you know, you were mentioning us looking downtown Des Moines, where I feel like things are much more established. But, yep. you know, you could really create culture here. I just want to be a community kind of gathering place. So that's a good point. And uh, because, again, we don't have 
we don't have kids yet. We joke that this is our first kid. This this is our first kid. No, we have four. Fur babies we have four fur babies at home. Excuse me. That's those are kids too. Those are kids yeah. too. <laughs> uh, for all those people who have kids, who are like, no, they're not. But yeah, <laughs> there, there is that. Too. There are yes. fur babies. So yes. um, no, but so uh, the culture side of it is it's we don't really talk about it on on social media. We don't use the word culture. We don't use the word um, you know like we don't even use the word craft um, in our vernacular. It's because. If we have to say those things or use the word authentic, if we have to say those things, it, it's kind of forcing the hand. Mm. But now with that being said, with the artwork, like I mentioned earlier, that we're bringing in here, I love mural art. And if we yes. bring a little bit of an edge to to Waukee to celebrate that art because we have more artists coming in to do more things, uh, that's kind of cool. So after the first year, we're like, hey, we can bring a little bit of that culture here to Waukee. It's pretty sweet. Five years? Holy hell, five years from now, man. I, I go back and forth with this all the time. My, my business plan shows a five-year plan because I like to think ahead. Uh, there is a second phase planned for this property. Um, kind of a little bit of a tease into what we're doing. It's going to be on a pop-up food concept. So it's going to be a, a building built to have multiple pop-up food concepts. Nice. So niche uh, chefs, whether they come from a fine dining background or a regular background, they just want to do something very specific. We can celebrate that. We've another gathering space. Another gathering yeah. space. Um, so that's planned for the to the east of our, our it's on our property still, which is exciting. Um, so that's year year three, but then you're in year five. It would be cool for me if my father can go into uh, a grocery store in Vero Beach, Florida, and go pick up a six pack of Sheriff Dobek, which is an homage to him, uh, which is an imperial stout. So yeah, I I, I have aspirations to to reach. Um, but in a methodical way, not a blind, reckless way. Right. You're probably going to have to distribute your Kolsch, too, because uh, he's a Budweiser man. And so, so he's I a Budweiser man, a, a tried, true Budweiser man. And I'll go on record to say that a good cold Budweiser is not a bad thing. So <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's all really cool. I'm, and I asked you that question. I had a feeling that you already had the vision all laid out just because of how just deeply ingrained and something I really like about what you said, Zach, before we even started re recording was how this wasn't about going a mile wide. It's about going mile really deep, deep yeah. mile deep. Um, and that, that can be just something that's really easy to lose sight of when you're in that entrepreneurial journey, because there's so yep. many directions you can go. And here I'm sure there's just a million directions you can go. So being able to just really be true to really the family values and, and the fact that you even um, brought in this Atlanta mural artist yeah. to come and to pay homage to where, you know, the two of you met and where you're from. Yep. I think it's a story that is very relatable and it doesn't feel, nothing about the entire thing feels forced or inauthentic. It just really is authentic. You, you know, you don't even have to say that it's authentic, but it is. It's very authentic. Well, one thing, too, that there's a flagpole here. We lost one uh, our flag in a, a recent storm. It wasn't derecho. It actually survived derecho. We've lost two now. Well, yeah. we're working on it. We're getting yeah. some more trees out here. But the point, though, is we have a flagpole out here that's yeah. that, that proudly flies our kinship flag, and that is just uh, an expectation that we want to set that when you get into this, which is great because we are separated from a road from other pieces. So it's like a nook right mm -hmm. here. So mm -hmm. we literally want you to come like drive into Kinship, park the car and get up like, okay, this is my next few hours. Like I'm here. This is where I want to be. So yeah, that's what that flag represents. 
It's awesome. Yeah, or by bike in the summer. By You're bike. probably going to get I a lot what, of bikers yeah, this summer. Yeah, we've already gotten fat tire bikes. And hell, we've even had on opening day some snowmobiles get up uh, on the hill oh, there. Oh, that's cool, so, too. Like, I guess you can do that, huh? Any mode yeah. of transportation. Any mode Power of transportation. Walk, <laughs> whatever you want to do, we're here for you. Uh, our parking lot, in case people do show up and see that we're parking the street, is designed to go out to the second faith. It's going to be the same size, but times two. So we have future plans. I'm already having conversations with our team saying, I think we should probably expand our parking out uh, sooner rather than later. Um, so in case you do come here and have to park on the street and walk here, we promise it's worth it. So, Awesome. Okay, I have one last question for you. Yep. Either a really great piece of advice you have gotten in your journey or one you would give to someone else that is aspiring to take that leap because a huge part of our audience here is people that are either looking to do that or are in that early process and what would that be what advice i do you have something you want to say <laughs> as the as 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 my wife as my partner as my best friend it would be great to get both perspectives yours perspective yeah. first yes uh, uh persistence i mean just sheer stubbornness probably uh i think michael bradley our gm told us probably have to be a little bit crazy to do this <laughs> um, but no I mean neither one of us you know yeah I mean I think you described it very well it's a grind um, it's not all like flowers and rainbows there are tough you know there are tough days um, it's all worth it and you know just having somebody to kind of like do it with and like bounce off of um, just a good basically teammate I think that was in, invaluable. I mean, of course, we both needed each other along this. A, yeah, a yin and a yang, and I have two. Mm -hmm. One's pretty simple. I said it earlier. For anybody listening that wants to take a leap, no matter what it is, before you, especially when it's raising capital, build relationships and credibility before you ever go to anybody and ask for any money. And also don't look at it like you're asking for money. You're creating opportunity. And I'll leave this with you is that it has dawned on me one, uh, I remember I was at a coffee shop and one of my current investors, I'll give him a first name shout, Jason, he was eavesdropping into a conversation um, at a coffee shop, Coffee Smith and Waukee. I got up to leave and he's like, hey, you know, he stopped me and he, he asked me all these questions. And, and I said, I was on my way, I was like, hey, here's a business card. If you really are seriously in looking to invest, give me a call. He said, okay, well, are you still looking for investors? I said, well, actually, we're recruiting investors. We're not looking for investors. So if you are raising capital, which I don't know why I said that, but I was like, I'm going to start using that. If you're looking to raise capital, make sure your criteria for that investor is just as important that you like them as much as they like you. Because if you can't sit down and have a beer with them or have a conversation with them, do not take their money. Walk away. It may sound weird, but have standards for yourself. The investor is excited to show you they have money. Oh, and also if someone says they have money, you can just keep moving on. But my point, though, is <laughs> make sure that you, 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 you change the paradigm a bit from a psychological perspective. When you feel like you're begging, which you should never feel like that, you're doing it wrong. You should go to them with confidence saying this actually is an opportunity for you, uh, and that helps, uh, that helps recalibrate the conversation. Well, your passion for this has always been palpable, so I think anybody that he's Absolutely. talked to about it you know, has been pretty yeah. – willing to invest in Zach. That's obviously. great. You are, yeah, well, you both He's are. You're very good at 
that it's kind of a combination of both these things, that level of persistence and stubbornness, but then also just really sticking to your values and your vision, keeping that in, in line absolutely. at all times. Yep, absolutely. So I really appreciate, again, both of you being here. Thank you so much for coming and joining our community absolutely. and building this um, beautiful place together. Thanks for, uh, Thank to my wife for joining for these uh, rare podcast occasions. So. <laughs> So, yes. Bronco, thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, Morning cocktail. This is fun. Let's uh, let's do this again in about a year and see what kind of conversation we can have at that point. So we should we should <laughs> see where that vision is in a year from now. Cool. Thank awesome. you. Thank you, Veronica. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Amplify Iowa podcast. If you enjoy these stories, please leave us a review, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and follow Amplify Iowa on social media. A-M-P-L-I-F-I-A. Amplify Iowa. Small businesses. Doing big things.